Merritt Street, we're building a new morning show where our guiding principle is to always value your time. We'd love for you to join us. Be part of our community. Each morning will be packed full of news, information, advice, and a lot of fun. And we promise we'll never waste your time. I'm Dominique Soxa. I'm Fanchon Stinger. Join us for Morning on Merritt Street. 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Essential Television. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. Everyone where I live does drugs. Pretty much all of Orange County. Dr. Phil has one of the toughest challenges. The drugs are getting harsher. Did you get high today? Yeah. He's ever faced. You can't stop this on your own. I think I can. Then why haven't you? I don't think you can quit if you want to. The only chance that you won't be doing drugs this time next year is if you're dead. And former addict Brandon returns to help Carly get clean. You've overdosed and somebody had to bring you back to life and you still don't understand how serious this is. I'm begging you to accept this help. Are you prepared to do what it takes? I know things are tough out there, but we can do this. If it matters to you, that's what I want to talk about. 10 seconds to end. We love you. Well, thank you. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Ready, camera five. Take track. Go, Dr. Phil. Let's do it. Well, you're going to really find today's show uh, interesting and I think a bit nostalgic as well. Today, we have a very special young man returning to this stage. He is one of the most asked about guests of the Dr. Phil show, someone that I feel a great closeness to. Everywhere I go, people want to know how he's doing. His parents came to me over six years ago because their lives were spinning out of control and they feared that their son was going to die. Now, you maybe remember this story. Take a look at what's been going on with Brandon. You don't see me as a normal 21-year-old kid. You see me as a kid that needs a lot of help. He was a great kid, and then the drug use started. Every morning when I go up, I'm always afraid that I'm going to find him dead. I believe that we are here today fighting to save Brandon's life. You admitted to me that you've tried almost every drug except for LSD and heroin. I just can't imagine the phone call telling me that you've been killed. So is, is this show about me? Did you lie to me to get me here? Answer my question. You are the biggest liar in the group. You lie to your father, you lie to your mother, you lie to everybody involved. That's the pot calling the kettle black, my friend. They have gone to great measures to get you professional help with an inpatient treatment facility. You're facing a revocation of probation and going to jail. That's the alternative. Well, I guess I have no choice in, don't I, Dr. Phil? Brandon, I want you in this treatment don't program. Don't talk to me. That's... Brandon, I know you want don't help. Don't talk to me. Am I done? Can I go now? He has agreed to head directly from here to the treatment facility where he'll be for the next 30 days. Well, when he walked off of here, 
His life hung in the balance. He walked down this runway with a big choice to make. Now he's going to walk back up it today. Let's welcome Brent. Tell me what's going on since I saw you last. I had a little episode where I relapsed. Plan on having a beer or two, and that led to more. Do you think you get it? Mm, yes, I do. Do you really? I think you don't even almost get it. I've stood at the graveside of you before. I've spoken at your funeral. I've comforted your parents. I've done it all. I absolutely don't want to do it again. I'm going to go back to school sober, not on drugs, for the first time since I was a sophomore in high school. Brandon has relapsed. He's using drugs again. Brandon was on probation for possession of marijuana that occurred three years ago. Brandon went to take his weekly urine test. He proved positive, and he was arrested. Brandon called me, and he told me that he was in handcuffs, shackles and that he was going to jail. After I saw the court documents, I realized he had tested positive for heroin 10 times. Having Brandon in jail is a mother's worst nightmare. It's really hard to talk through the glass. I love you. Why do you suppose I'm here to talk to you? Talk some sense into me. You know, I messed up my way. You were right when you said I didn't get it. I don't know how my life got to this. It's just, I hate it, and I know I don't belong here. Why do you not belong here? I'm not a violent criminal. You belong here because you broke the law. And you can say, well, it's just, it's what I'm doing to myself. Is that your thinking? That's my thinking, a lot of people's thinking. A lot of people think the same way I do. Yeah, well, a lot of people are full of crap because you operate a motor vehicle. You're a danger. Yes, sir. If there was somebody downtown in the town square with a shotgun just shooting at people and he hadn't hit anybody yet, would you just say, hey, now, come on, don't do that anymore, okay? The difference is if people saw somebody with a shotgun, they would die for cover. They see you coming in a car, they don't die for cover because they don't know you're fried until you hit them. You're more dangerous than the guy with the shotgun on the town square. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's the reason that you're in jail. You are a risk to society. Tell me about black tar heroin. It's bad, bad stuff. I let somebody shoot me up and tried it and I loved it. And I couldn't quit. Every time I tried to stop, I got so sick, it was, it was ridiculous. Do I think you're a failure? No, I don't. Do I think you're a loser? No, I don't. Do I think that you are destined to be a druggie the rest of your life? No, I don't. I tell you what I believe in. I believe in you. And I've said the chance that you weren't going to go down into drug addiction again, I saw as basically zero. Because I heard your thinking process. And you know, I told you when we sat down after you relapsed, I said, you don't even almost get it yet. I'm starting to think you may get it now. No, I don't. You can do this. We can do this. I ain't through with you. I hope not. But what I got to tell you is don't lie to me. I'm don't lie to me. 100% honest from now on. The most powerful tool you can have is to walk the talk. 
Yeah, exactly. It's time. I'm ready. All right, Brandon. Thank you for coming down. Well, Brandon is here, and he's going to take yet another walk down this runway, but this time he is four years sober. Let's welcome Brandon. Good to see you. Good to see you. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Have a seat. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't be better. Uh, getting off of all the stuff I was on, getting my brain and my body back to healthy is, I didn't think I would ever be to this point again. All I needed was somebody like you that did not, and my parents that did not give up on me. That, that told me that I'm not meant to be this way, not meant to live this life. And it took a couple valuable lessons, like going to jail and learning what, what that lifestyle will lead me to, to finally wake me up. As you stood backstage watching this kind of historical recount mm -hmm. of the first time you sat right here, what's your reaction to watching all that? Looking back on all the years and everything I've been through, especially that first tape of me pounding the table and yelling at the one woman who's done more for me than anybody and the person that brought me into this world, it just shows you that that's what drugs do to you. Drugs cloud your mind and your body so much, especially drugs like heroin, that you can't think straight and you cannot control your anger. It takes over your, your brain. What do you think about all of this, Mom? Um, I'm just stunned. Um, watching all that tape just kind of takes you back through that roller coaster ride of recovery. But now I'm just awe-inspired by this man. And I'm so honored to be his mother and to be a part of his life and to work with him. So, Doug, why didn't y'all give up? I mean, you got to a point where you were ready to let him fall as far as he was going to fall, but yet neither you or, De or Debbie ever gave up on him. He's my son. You never stop, never stop loving a family member. Uh, we were his lifeline, and uh, uh, I think it'd be an understatement to say that I wasn't uh, a bit pessimistic about the whole thing. And, you were, yeah, but I, you were honest about it. I mean, you put, you so. put it out there for everybody to react to. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've, I've got to admit, uh, last couple of years have just, as a father, this is what you, this is what you hope for. Now, are you paying this forward? Yes, I am. What are you doing? Well, since, uh, since I got out of jail, uh, my mother went back to school, got her, got her uh, license, licensed chemical dependency counselor license, her LCDC. She, uh, went and did an internship inside a prison for a period of time and we as a family started a, a intervention business together and for the past two years we've been doing interventions all across the country thank you this is thank a this is a, this is a very balanced approach because you can come in from a parent perspective even from an addict perspective mm -hmm and it kind of covers the waterfront with families that are just kind of lost and in the maze. How does it feel when you see 
somebody kind of clutched from the jaws of death and, and given a chance on the highway to recovery? It gives me a high like I've never experienced before. I didn't know that I could feel that good about helping somebody else. Seeing them be so relieved that we're getting their loved one into treatment and, sa and potentially saving their life is, is an experience I just can't describe. There's a young girl backstage, and she is where Brandon was when I first met him. Now, like Debbie, her mother wrote to me desperate to save her child. Now, her name is Carly. Uh, as I said, she's backstage right now. I have every reason to believe that she has gotten high already today. She says everybody in Orange County does drugs, so it's just not that big a deal. So I'm sure all of you in Orange County are pleased to hear that. Um, we know better. We're going to talk about their story when we come back. Carly used to tell me that she loved doing drugs and she didn't understand why everybody doesn't do drugs because they make you feel so good. She has no fears. I can't believe this is my life. It's horrible. I take one day at a time. I feel hopeless. I'm frustrated. Sometimes she's fine and the next day she's back using again and it's a nightmare. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. talking about drug addiction today and in particular how you can actually fight back against this terrible and dread disease. Now Brandon is living proof as he is now four years into his sobriety. Now my next family story will be all too familiar for Brandon, Debbie and Doug as they are exactly where Brandon's family was six years ago. Take a look. My 20 year old daughter Carly is addicted to drugs. In August of this year, she overdosed on heroin. She almost died. That was the worst day of my life. The day after she overdosed, she said, I'm just gonna check out on life because I think you and Travis would be better off without me. She started off taking Adderall in middle school and then she started doing Xanax, smoking marijuana, speed meth, but her biggest ones have been heroin and Oxycontin. Sometimes I feel like it's my fault I'm Carly's biological mother. Carly used to tell me that she loved doing drugs and she didn't understand why everybody doesn't do drugs because they make you feel so good. She feels comfort through drugs. She has no fears. I feel hopeless. I'm frustrated. Sometimes she's fine and the next day she's back using again and it's a nightmare. She's putting my mom through a lot of pain and I don't like seeing my mom cry. I just want her to get help and I don't know how to help her anymore. 
Okay. Now, she is the daughter that you adopted at three days old? Correct. And raised? Yes. And you are her biological mother? Yes. And she has known you since sixth grade? Ten years old. Yeah, yeah. about ten years old. Are you prepared to do what it takes? Yes. I'll do whatever it takes to save her life. Even if it's the difficult decision that Doug and Debbie had to make of leaving Brandon sitting in jail for six months. Absolutely. That's where we are right now. You understand that the withdrawal alone could kill her. I didn't know that. The withdrawal symptoms from coming off of, of Oxy are as bad or worse than heroin. And if it interacts with some other compromise that she might have, she's already had seizures, she could die. She needs medical supervision to do this. This isn't just something that she just kind of guts up and does. And you got to be prepared to break all contact with her. You're either going to get help or you're gone. And you've, you've got to have a firm right now plan. Either way, either put her on the street, put her in treatment, whatever is there. I'm going to offer you that plan right here. This gentleman right here is from La Hacienda in Texas. It's as good as they get. He's here. That's your plan. We're going to meet Carly. Now, she just about 24 hours ago was detoxing from Oxycontin. Is she high now? Yes. So she, you believe that she has taken drugs this morning? She smoked Oxy this morning. She smoked Oxy at the hotel? Yep. How do you know? Because I got it for her to get her here. But before you have such a a reaction. I, I get that. This is a drug you can't just go off of without medical supervision. She told me she could not come to the show unless she got high and I couldn't get her out of bed so I had to do it to get her here and I feel like a horrible mother but I had to do that. You do whatever it takes. You've got her here. Now she is in this drug haze she understood that she was coming here to talk about her adoption issues. I told the producer, Julian, you need to tell her that I know about the drugs and I am going to bring it up and we are going to talk about it. So she has been told that. I don't know what she thinks is going to happen when she gets out here, but she's not going to like it. Brandon? I didn't like it too much. I mean... <laughs> She's, she's not going to like it, but here's the point. I don't care whether she does or whether she doesn't, because I don't care whether she likes me or not. What I care is whether she lives or not. So do I. I want to give her that chance. So I'm not running a popularity contest here, which you're going to understand what that means very shortly. We'll be right back. When I do drugs, it makes it so that I don't feel pain and I don't have to deal with anything else that's going on in my life. I don't feel like it's a problem. I feel it's just something I do. We're here today talking about a 20-year-old girl named Carly. Now, listen, Carly's in trouble, in my opinion, in her adoptive mother's opinion, her biological mother's opinion. Now, she's been backstage. She's not heard any of this conversation for a reason. Main reason being she'd probably run out the door. We're going to bring her out of seclusion, and uh, we're going to bring her on the stage. This is what she had to say yesterday about her drug abuse. I know drugs and using them runs in my family and that pretty much everyone in my family does drugs or has and it just 
I don't know. I, it's weird because I feel like everyone around me and everyone where I live does them. So it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. When I do drugs, it makes it so that I don't feel pain and I don't have to deal with anything else that's going on in my life. It's very common, especially in Newport. Ox Oxycontin is very big, pretty much all of Orange County, I would say. I don't feel like it's a problem. I feel it's just something I do. I mean, I, I've gone to meetings and I've done all that, and at this point, it's not, it's not anything that I need to worry about. Well, Carly, we've been um, talking about a lot of things today, uh, including you. Um, why did you want to be here today? I wanted to talk about my story, and I know that my story is probably a lot different than other people's that are adopted. Is that the most important thing you have to talk to me about? Um, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Yes, you do. You, you know exactly what I mean. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious because you've talked to um, Julie and her team about this, and you asked them if I was going to talk to you about your drugs. Mm -hmm. And there is no question that you have, I think, very legitimate issues and questions about adoption. And not only about adoption, but about, for lack of a better word, just abandonment. And I think that's very involved in where you are right now. There's no question about that. And those are legitimate questions that you need to wrap your arms around. And I think they certainly contribute to what's going on with you. But I'm talking to these people, and they're coming to do a pre-shoot with you over the weekend, and they can't do the pre-shoots with you at scheduled times because you're either high or withdrawing from drugs. Do you really think that I'm going to know about that and sit here and talk to you about something that happened when you were three days old and in grade school and junior high when I know there's a life-threatening issue going on with you? Did you get high today? Yeah. What did you do today? Oxycontin. Did you smoke it? And where did you get it? I brought it here from where I live. In Orange County? Yeah. Were you in withdrawal on Saturday? I, I'm in withdrawal whenever I don't do it. I don't know. Were you sick? Yeah. Yeah. L let me ask you something. How do you think this is going to wind up over the next year or two? What, what do you think is ahead for you with your drugs in the next year I or two? I won't be doing drugs then. How, how, how are you going to not do drugs? I'm, start, I'm supposed to start detox when I leave here. Uh -huh. And you've been doing drugs since when? Since I was 12. Since you were 12 and you're how old now? 20. You've been doing drugs for eight years. And you've never been able to get clean and sober and stay that way. I have for certain periods of time. You're high as we speak. I'm not high. I just feel normal. Do you really think you're just going to stop doing this and everything's going to be okay? I, I want to know. I mean, I think I need therapy and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Mom, what do you think? I think she's not going to stop. She can't 
stop by herself and therapy is not going to help. She uses and then she's clean for a month, goes through detoxing and then she starts using again. It's just a vicious cycle. It's not going to stop. It's been going on for years. She can't stop by herself. What do you say? I think I can. Then why haven't you? I haven't put in all the effort that I can do. Why would you now? Because I want to. I don't have anything left. Well, I've got some hard questions for Carly when we come back. Hi, this is Rachel Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story? You know, I've been doing this for 33 years. Been at it longer than you're alive. I've seen you time and time and time again. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't stop this on your own. It is unsafe to detox on your own. It is unsafe to try and come off of this stuff like you did over the weekend when you didn't have the drugs. You run out of money, you could get in a lot of trouble. You've had seizures already, right? You OD'd already and had to be resuscitated, true? Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about that? Um, the, well, the detox isn't on my own. It's outpatient. And <clears throat> Well, as I said, I've been doing this for 33 years. I'm going to give you my opinion whether you want it or not. You can take it or not. I mean, it's totally up to you. But your chance of stopping this by going through some outpatient detox and doing therapy, living where you're living, doing what you're doing, is zero. The only chance that you won't be doing drugs this time next year is if you're dead. That is the only reason you wouldn't be doing drugs this time next year if you do what you're talking about doing. And you can't just do something else. You do have a lot of issues. You have a lot of unresolved issues with you that create you pain from the inside out. I truly believe that, I do. But you never dealt with those issues. You started doing drugs when you were 12 years old instead. And when you started doing those drugs, your development arrested. It just stopped. At that point, it just quit. So you never did deal with those. You never did mature into them. You never did deal with the absence of a father. You never did deal with the adoption issues. You never did deal with things that keep haunting you from the inside out. That has to happen as well. You're quite right. You do have legitimate issues in, in that area. You, you really do. You have to deal with all of this at one time. But what you want to do is go home, right? You want to go home and be with your friends because that's your life. Do your friends do drugs? Some of them. Because you said everyone in the OC does drugs. I mean, it's not I, Orange County. It's Costa Mesa and Newport. Okay, well, I don't think everybody <laughs> in Costa Mesa and Newport does drugs either. I think you do drugs. 
and I think you do them self-destructively, and I don't think you can quit if you want to. I'm going to tell Carly exactly what I think she needs to hear when we come back. If you would like to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. Why won't you look at your mother? At least respect your mother enough to look her in the eye, Carly. I know all of this. I don't. When I leave for work in the morning, Carly, I have to check to make sure that you're still breathing. I have to make you talk to me and say goodbye. I don't say goodbye to your brother. I know he's okay. But you know I have to come in and wake you up and say goodbye to you because I have to make sure that you're still alive. I don't want to live like that anymore. Why do you think she's going to die? The drugs are getting harsher. It's not getting any better over the years. What do you have written down? <sighs> Carly, I found out you were using drugs after the school called me when you were a sophomore and they told me you were in PE class and you had a seizure. I had no idea you were doing drugs. We took you, they took you to the uh, hospital by ambulance and the doctors told me that you had Adderall and meth in your system. I had no idea you were using that. That was in 2005. You had three more seizures over the year after that. When you were 16 or 17, I had to go over to the apartment complex after I had kicked you out and rescue you because you were really high and you were about to go to a rave in LA. I put you into Chapman Rehab for 30 days when you were just 17. After that, in 2006, I got a phone call that you were arrested. They found out that you were using heroin and you had a needle on you. You were in juvenile hall for 30 days. I asked them to keep you there. They wanted you to come home, and I said, no, I do not want her to come home. The only way that you could come home was the judge told me if I got you into a program. So you wrote me letters that you were going to not use drugs anymore if I could put you into the Hope Institute Recovery Center, which I did, and you were fine for about 60 days. You came out and started using again. I paid for you to go into sober living, and I gave you a car to go find a job while you were living there. In August of this year, you stole checks from my checkbook, and you forged my name, and you cashed the checks, either to pay off a drug dealer or to buy drugs, I'm not sure. You were kicked out of sober living because you could not pay your rent. So you decided to shoot up heroin that day, and that's when you overdosed. They had to do CPR on you. When you came home, you told me that you were very depressed and that you just thought it would be easier if you checked out a life. You thought it would be easier for Travis and I. But that's not true. I said, what could I do to make you not feel that way? 
and you said that you owed a drug dealer $150 and that he threatened to hurt you and our family. And I told you I would pay for the drug dealer off if you promised to go to detox the next day and get medication, and you did, and you started going to meetings, and you were happy. I remember you coming home telling me you're so happy, and that's when you were going to meetings every night. And then you started using again. Thanksgiving, I found foil in your bathroom trash. You were, you were smoking Oxycontin then. You began detoxing on Thanksgiving Day. And then you started with your whole body just, and it was Thanksgiving. And we had to worry about you being sick and going through all that. You told me recently that you take Xanax every day because it helps you detox. You've had three or four friends die in the last year from Oxycontin and or heroin. Saturday night, you were fine, and then about 12 o'clock, you told me that you had used that day and that you were detoxing and you started feeling sick and you woke me up and asked me to drive you to get drugs and I wouldn't do it. And the next morning we were supposed to come to Dr. Phil's show and you couldn't get out of bed. You were very sick and you told me you couldn't go unless you had some oxy. So I gave you the money to go get it and I feel horrible for that. I told you it was the last time I was ever going to do that. And then you've been getting high here because I wanted you to get here. Tell her what you want. I want you to get help and to be sober and to be the person that you can be and live a normal life. You know what feels good. You've you had it for a month here and there, and you liked it. I want you to be okay. I want to help save your life. I'm worried you're going to die. I can't live without you, Carly. Pam, what do you want? I want the same thing. I've been through this situation with your dad, with your brother, and with you. I don't want to see it happen anymore. I want it over with. I want you to go to school and do what you want to do and, and get your life going. But you just keep going through this same cycle of <coughs> detoxing. and That's what you keep telling me. You're detoxing. You just detox over and over again. You've got to go do something that's going to be over and done with and let it, let it um, clean you up. Travis, what do you want to say? I'd like to say that I love you a lot. I care about you. We're all here to get you help. We wouldn't be here right now if we didn't love you. And I just want all this to just stop and just become a better family and just drop it all. Rachel? I love you so much, and I just want you to get help. What do you say to these people? know what to say. Your plan will not work. You do what you're going to do, you are going to wind up dead or in jail. You can't do this on your own. 
you are up against it at this point, and you are either going to take yourself out of the game and get serious help, or your life is going to get a whole lot worse in a short period of time. And these people are done. What do you want? Well, let me tell you what I'm offering. Look at me. You can't shut people out just by looking at the ground. This is your time. This is your chance. I will bring you a guilt-edge team of professionals to deal with your psychological issues, to deal with your medical issues, to deal with your addiction issues. Because what you're doing right now is you're living from 20 bucks to 20 bucks to 20 bucks to try to get to the next high. You're going through detox. You keep, it's like having the flu every two weeks. Come on. That's no way to live, Carly. You deserve better than that. You really do. You deserve better than that. I want better than that for you. Brandon has some things that he wants to share, and I'm going to let him do that right after the break. This man right here, this is Rich Whitman. I flew him here from Texas today. Rich Whitman is the director of what, in my opinion, is the premier treatment facility in the world, La Hacienda. Texas? Yes, it's in Texas, which by design is a long way away. <laughs> Seriously, by design, it is a long way away. Rich, what do you want to say? We're going to help you find another solution. Right now, OxyContin is your solution. We want you to find another one. Sitting next to him is Brandon. Brandon sat in this chair. He's been through what you've been through. He's done it all. He's done the black tar heroin. I mean, he's done it all. He's, he's been to rehab like you've been. Stuck a while, relapsed, stuck a while, relapsed. He's now four years clean and sober addict. He's just a boy version of you a little further down the road. Brandon, what do you want to say? I know you need this. I know where you're at. I know how you, how you feel. I know that you feel like you're in a dark place, but you don't want to accept the help. There, you don't know what it feels like to be normal anymore. You have to take these drugs just to feel normal. And Oxycontin's a very powerful opiate. Um, it's the pharmaceutical grade of heroin. And it, it scares me that, that you've overdosed and had to, had, somebody had to bring you back to life and you still don't understand how serious this is. I overdosed once I started using heroin three times. Luckily, I came back every time. Um, and I still didn't get it, just like you. I'm, I'm, I'm you, but a boy version of you, like Dr. Phil said. And you cannot do this on your own. I've tried. Like, he, like Dr. Phil said, I tried and relapsed and relapsed and relapsed, and I went to jail. I did six months in jail, and that's what's going to happen. I, luckily, I didn't die. I, I got the other option, which was jail. But the only reason I had to go down that path and get that sick is because I did not accept the help that, that was offered when it was offered. I stormed off the stage with my middle finger in there. And I, re I respect you for sitting here, and I respect you for 
letting us all talk to you and try to get you this help. Mm -hmm. And I'm begging you to accept this help. I, I went to La Hacienda, and Rich and his team are phenomenal. And they will educate you on exactly what's going on with you, exactly what's going on with your mind, and why you're making these choices. And you do have a bright future ahead of you, I can tell. What was it like to sit at your friend's funeral in August? Hard. Do you wish I had talked to him? Do you wish I'd have grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said, wake up, buddy, like I did him? He was trying to die. That's your friend sitting right there that didn't die, that lived instead. Is your life worth it? Yes. Will you take the help? Yes. Tell your mother why you'll take the help. Because I love you and I don't want you to feel pain anymore. And I don't want you to have to worry about me. And I want to have a life. I don't want to just live my day to day life just looking for drugs because I can't function without them. Rich, I'm gonna ask you to take this family backstage and talk just a bit about what's going on. And then- um, Thank you. I wanna see you back here on a happier day. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back. Listen, we all want to be healthy, so log on to DrPhil.com right now for even more information on today's show and learn how to stay in the best shape of your life. I want to thank all of my guests for being here today. Brandon, I, I cannot tell you how great it is to see you and see you doing so well and paying it forward. I mean, seriously. That's what I'm just so glad you want to be here. And Debbie and Doug, y'all just don't have any quit in you, do you? No, there's no quit. So I'm so glad that y'all are helping others with this, so God bless you for that. Uh, I really thank Carly and her family, Sue and Pam and Travis and Rachel, uh, and a special thank to Rich Whitman and La Hacienda for getting Carly uh, into their treatment center there. Listen, she's got a long way to go. I am um, no illusions, as you know from Brandon. This is a serious disease, and it's subject to relapse. It's resistant to treatment. This is a tough, tough disease, but you've got to start somewhere, and I think we've got a real foothold on things today. For information on the show, go to drphil.com, or you can reach me on my blog or Twitter, even. I'm Twittering around, or whatever they call it. Thanks for being here. So long.